This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Good morning to you. Welcome in to the Action Line from WGNS. This morning we're going to be talking about some of the ways to reduce overcrowding in our jails. It's not just a problem here in Rutherford County, but it's really all over the United States. And we're going to be focusing on some things that are happening locally. Judge Lisa Eyscheid is with us this morning. Judge, good morning to you. Good morning, Bart. Good to have you with us on this beautiful spring day. And along with you this morning, uh, visiting with us, is Judicial Commissioner Jake Flatt. Jake, good morning to you. Good morning, Bart. Good to have you here today. Well, tell us, uh, first of all, a little about your pre-trial release program and how it works. Okay, Bart. Um, There seems to be a lot of concern with our public, and and the public is who we want to speak to today, is our citizens of Rutherford County who are maybe getting a little mis- misinformation about this pretrial release program. Tennessee uh, laws are enacted, and we, are, as judges, are required to follow the laws enacted by our legislature. And they enacted 411118, which is the bond statute, basically. And what it says is the first thing a judge or commissioner, and what the commissioners are is they are our arms. So at the jail, they do what the law says. And the law says, number one, you look at this defendant and see, you, you're going to, and I'm going to let Jake go over the certain requirements that the commissioners go, go over since he oversees them, but see if they are entitled to be released on their own recognizance. And there's a lot of things that the commissioners ask, a lot of questions that are by statute to determine whether this is going to be um, a, a serious offender or if it's just a little misdemeanor, petty theft. Um, driving on suspended, things like that. So the second thing that law requires us to do is release with conditions, okay? And conditions is where you get your pretrial release. Pretrial release is following the bond statute, but what it does is it our commissioners and our pretrial counselors meet face-to-face with these defendants, and if they do qualify for a release, then they give them some conditions. So maybe if it's a... A uh, person that had a simple possession of marijuana, they'll say, go take a drug screen, bring it to the judge. It'll help when you go to court. Now, what a bond or what a bond statute entails, it, it tells the that person that you need to go to court. And if you don't go to court, we got problems, okay? There's a lot of citizens that get arrested that have never been arrested before. And we know they're going to go to court because they might be uh, bankers, they might be teachers, they might be lawyers, they might be any of those people and you know are going to be responsible, and they want to get this taken care of. So we don't have to have a a money bond to make sure they go to court. We just want them to come to court. So that's all a bond is. A bond is not to punish anybody. A bond is not to to say, well, you just took $5 of merchandise from uh, Walmart, and we're going to make you pay a $500 bond cash to get out. 
It doesn't make any sense. So a bond is not to punish. It's just to make sure a defendant appears in court. Now, do they get that money back if they appear? If they pay a bonding company, they do not. Okay, so if their bond's 5000 they got to pay a bonding company 10% plus whatever fee the bonding company does. And if they, if they don't, if they appear, they've lost that money. It, it's paid to the bonding company. Okay, but if they pay the money themselves, if it's a $500 bond or a $1,000 bond, it, whatever. Yes, sir. If it's a cash bond where they could pay $500 um, and they just pay that themselves, then that we give it back to them. Okay, but if they're not uh, a concern of the courts, if you feel like they're going to show up, you don't have a, a bond. We don't put a bond down. It's okay. called a release on your own recognizance. That means, uh, and like I said, Jake will go over the certain factors the commissioners and our pretrial release counselors go through to determine if they qualify for the release or a pretrial release. Now, how overcrowded are our jails? Or is our, we only have one, I guess. Yeah, it, when when I started... I got elected in 2016. When I got elected, it was a huge problem, okay? And when I was elected, this pretrial program had already been started by Mayor Burgess. He had already had our deputy mayor, Davidson, uh, look into it. He got a lot of uh, counselors from the Ohio Risk Management. Uh, They came down from Ohio to teach our commissioners how to do it. They started two years before because we had a 1,000-plus inmates and I think our jail only holds, what, 800? 800. Yeah, 800. So th- th- that was a huge problem. This past year's kind of been an anomaly, we all know, because of COVID, right? And so with COVID, the Supreme Court <clears throat> ordered our judges to uh, get people out of jail who were low offenders. Now, they might have been repeat offenders. They might have failed to come to court. Like, if you fail to come to court on and you've not appeared, we will not release you pre-trial. Well, that usurped our pre-trial program. That took precedence. Whenever the Supreme Court tells us that we've got to do something, we've got to do something. And so the the, the circuit judges put a, a COVID order down, okay, that told our commissioners, if we've got a low offender, and they might be repeat, and they might have committed five thefts and not come to court, per, the, oh, per our pre-trial, they would not get out without a bond but per the right there there have been situations where uh offenders that were arrested may qualify for a release under the COVID-19 order that we have to follow however they would not have qualified for pre-trial release ultimately we have to follow the COVID-19 order have we seen numbers inching up again now that we're slowly moving away from COVID-19? Well, that order still is in effect. And honestly, the Supreme Court just opened the courthouse March 15th. So we have been closed down uh, January, February until March 15th. When we're closed down, that order was in effect because there's no judges to hear. I mean, we heard, we kept hearing criminal defendant cases. Mm -hmm. Anybody, any um, accused that were in jail, incarcerated. We would we had a jail docket every day, and we were. That's just what you do because you got to make sure that if they can't make a bond and they're in there, we got to figure out. We got to keep them moving and get them out. If if they're entitled to be released, say they got a public intoxication, and it's their, usually that COVID order would take care of that. Right. They would release them immediately, but we had to keep our jail docket going. And but it's still uh, they haven't inched up yet. But now everything's open. 
the Supreme Court has not lifted the COVID order for our jails. So I see sometimes on on some of the news stories that we have, so-and-so was arrested for this or that, uh, and and we're in uh, March right now, and it will say their court date is July. (laughs) Well, you know, we have... We had all the defendants from November, December, set for January, February. Well, these are the people that are out, and they got to come into the courthouse, but they weren't allowed. The only people we could see is the ones in jail. So we had to bump them to April, May, and the people arrested January, February were bumped to June, July. Now, if we had had them all set, our our dockets are going to be crazy anyway because all all these people are going to be hitting the courthouse April 1. So what are these people doing in these uh, months in between? Are they in jail or where are they? No, I mean, uh, a lot are out. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're out. If it it wasn't the COVID order uh, or the pretrial, they're still allowed to make a monetary bond. So when I I say a bond, uh, uh, they're allowed, they might have a $10,000 bond. If they can't pay the cash, they can pay a bondsman 10%. And if they don't make bond, then they're seen on a jail docket. Very uh, an expedited hearing so that they can expedite their case. So you have a tsunami of cases waiting to come down on you. It sounds yes, like we do. So we've, we've wow. got a lot. Yeah, we. You know, it happened last year when it hit in March, and um, they opened us back up, and we were able to clear our docket, which was fantastic. We were able to catch up on the old, and, and people don't stop committing crimes. You know, they're going to every day, and, and Jake can tell you it's it's flooded out there at the commissioner's office. Um, they're not stopping, and so we got it under control. And dang it, they didn't close us again, and it's going to hit again. And um, but we got Judge McFarland, Judge Bennett, myself up there, and then we did. A, the Supreme Court allowed us to have Jake come in for a fourth court if we have over three or four hundred defendants coming in that day. And so um, you had to have permission to have a special judge, and and they only allow twenty five defendants per courtroom. And that's that's good for ours because we got this very beautiful judicial center. We've got big courtrooms. These these counties surrounding us don't, and so they might not get five people or ten people. And I, I do feel for those counties, but with each judge, we've kind of changed the way we do our dockets. We all get on the bench at eight in the morning, and we just let them come. And as soon as a defendant comes in, we call their name, and we try to get them get their case done so we can keep. Because if you turn somebody away at the door and say, well you got to wait two hours, they're not going to wait. They're going to leave and say, hey, I showed up, and they won't come back. So we don't want to turn them away. We don't want them to fail to appear for their court date. And so we've, we, we've really been hitting it like that, and it's starting back up again. So now with the court date and, and they appear, the officer who arrested them, they are there also. Is that right? Or? A lot of them, uh, our district attorneys or assistant district attorneys will have the officer's cell phone and um, – they're all in communication. If the officer needs to appear for a court date, they've already said it. They've already, um, and we had hearings going on during COVID order. We had um, witnesses that uh, we would give to the the, the uh, uh, sheriff's department to let them in the courthouse. And so we continued to have our hearings. So we are limiting the amount of people coming in, but we're still in touch. They're still in touch with the officers. I, I don't have anything to do with that. Okay, now here's a question from a listener. How many people have not showed up due to being, and I'm not sure what this is, R-O-R apostrophe D? 
who is uh, on the hook for them. And the bondsmen are on the hook if they make a bond and the person does not show up. What is R-O-R-P-D? Do you know? Does that is it public drunk? Um, I have to I have to assume it's public drunk. <laughs> okay, I, I have release no release on your own recognizance. That's what ROR stands for. Okay. Um, as far as how many people probably have have not have failed to appear after being ROR'd, we wouldn't have that information unless we search the clerk's files. Okay. Okay. Uh, and another question here is: We hear so much about uh, the number of people incarcerated in the United States is extremely high compared to other countries. Is that true? And if it is, why is that? Any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, we can't. I can't sit here and tell you what's going on in the United States. I can tell you what's going on with the federal uh, federal courts, and they are um, they're coming down on on all the counties all over the country for holding people for money, for monetary bonds, for surety bonds. Um, we just had a case out of the Eastern District that came down, and that small county uh, got in trouble for, for uh, not not doing it the way we're doing it, not allowing, looking at ROR first, looking at a pretrial release. And so I think as long as you follow the law, we'll be, we're okay. But I know all over the country it's been a problem just because of the Sentencing Act. And, and that's this, you know, that's your U.S. senators, and that's way above our pay grade. So um, we have to follow the laws they enact. We have to follow the laws our state legislatures enact. And if you want to look at the sentencing guidelines and what's going on, I think Governor Lee's really taking a good look at stuff right now. He's trying to change some things, some harsh sentencings. And so it, it'll be the trickle-down effect. But until our legislatures do something, we've got to we've got to do what they say. Now, as we look at some of the expenses, you mentioned about the smaller counties around us, courtrooms being smaller, but they still have expenses. Is it expensive to incarcerate a person? And with this pre-trial release program, looks like it would reduce the expenses on citizens because we're the ones who pay for it. I mean, we pay taxes. Uh, that's how, how that's how that works. Is it? it is. I it mean, is. we fund our jail. We fund the. We found everything about it. So if, if if somebody goes in and is arrested and they've got a theft charge and they've never been arrested before, but they also come in with a broken leg, you know, it, we are the insurance carrier for that broken leg. So our sheriff has to take them to the to the uh, hospital and i'm just using it for instance this hasn't happened i'm just trying to tell you we pay for all of it you would be surprised how often individuals that are coming into the jail do in fact have medical issues that come along with that do you think they do it on purpose are they do they sometimes want to be arrested so they can uh, have some medical treatment i I can't (laughs) say one way or the other um i'm sure there are some that probably do I'm sure there are others that just coincidence at the time. So, And so if, if a person has made a, a really created a bad crime, committed one, uh, and they were caught in a pursuit that ended in a wreck and they were injured, we pay the bill. We pay the bill. And that and person the, is not an ROR. <laughs> right. And, and the, end, the end goal is not just to save the county money. Obviously, that is something that is a concern that we have to be aware of. But public safety is also a concern as well. So the pretrial release is geared to take into consideration both of those factors. Now, when we talk about saving money, how much here in Rutherford County, 
uh, does it cost to, uh, say, keep a person? And what, what kind of budget are we talking about? So I believe it's $63 a day uh, on average what it costs to house an inmate. Uh, obviously, that it could be more if there are medical uh, issues. Uh, and then again, it could be less. That's an average uh, cost. So, um, you know, if you if you wanted to look at the number of offenders that are arrested from the time of the arrest up until the time that their case is resolved, uh, we we have uh, calculated the numbers. I don't have them on me right now, but it's uh, over five hundred thousand dollars a year. Wow! And that is that. Uh Five five hundred, and that's based on what per person or what per total pers- per person per day they would spend in jail, assuming they don't make bond. Five hundred thousand per person from the time they're arrested till the time their case is resolved. So, if we're looking at tax dollars that we're all paying, if you got this program working extremely well, uh, it would be a, a savings to everybody, and, oh. and then probably be better off. I'm guessing for the people who uh, would be incarcerated well they could use their funds say it's a driving on suspended and you wouldn't believe the number of driving on suspendeds we get that's driving on a suspended license and it's suspended not because of a dui or driving under the influence it's suspended because they didn't pay a speeding ticket and if we release them and say look you got to go get your license and then they come before me i'll say have you got your license well no i don't know how to do it well i print off from the department of safety a sheet and I say, look, you've got a ticket in, in Cannon County. you got to pay that ticket. I said, you've got to pay this reinstatement fee and then show them you have insurance. I said, I'll, I'll give you some a couple months. You go get this done. And and I've had people come before me crying because they haven't had a license in three or four years, five, five ten years. I mean, they just keep – and that was, a, that was a lawsuit a couple of years ago, not against Rutherford County, but just the federal government has seen this ongoing problem. We all have to be licensed. Well, we know Rutherford County's transit is – they're really not – not a transit system the rover doesn't do enough you require them to get a job you require them to have insurance and they got to get there and so that's one big push that the general sessions criminal judges have done is we have tried and and given a lot of uh just just uh, a lot of grace on driving on suspenders because they're not they're not criminals they're just don't didn't have the funds to do it and now you know, so I tell them, and you can make payments if you enter into a payment plan. That's something that the law changed. Get on your payment plan. Show show the Department of Safety. They will release your license, and sure enough, it happens. And so, if we if they paid a bond to get out of jail, the funds that they use that they can't get recover could have been used to pay their tickets off. It, it's common sense like that. Our phone number six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. We're going to pause and check on the traffic and weather. We'll be right back and continue the conversation. That phone number, once again, 615-893-1450. Judge Lisa Eyscheid is with us, along with Judicial Commissioner Jake Flatt. We'll be right back. We got some good neighbors, and we like bragging on them. Nominate a good neighbor every day. Put it in writing on WGNS. WGNS. As cold and flu season approaches, one of the best things that you can do to give somebody who is sick is a quart of Demas' chicken and rice soup. 
This is Peter Demas with Demas Family of Restaurants. This soup is my grandmother's recipe, and we have used this soup in order to help our family whenever we are sick. Just gives us a good comfort feeling. One of the things that you can also do is you can now ship that soup anywhere across the United States, and you can order that soup online at demasfamilykitchen.com. Hi, this is Dan with Music World and Drummer's Den. I'm the guitar tech here. I do setups and repairs. The setup is where you make your guitar play as well as it ever will, whether you're a professional or a beginner. You need this done at least a couple of times a year to get the most out of your instrument. We also have lessons, $25 for a half hour of keys, anything with strings, and drums. Music World and Drummer's Den, 2762 South Church, right across from Indian Hills Golf Course. Good morning. Traffic still moving on 24 right now, headed towards Nashville. Just busy out here in the normal spots, up and down sections of Memorial. Uh, Last Cassius Pike's got some traffic, and it's picked up even more so. 231 coming in from Shelbyville. Hey, you never know, and you might need them free at last bell bonding. Serving Davidson, Williamson, and Rutherford counties. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. Partial sunshine develops here this afternoon. We'll see high in the mid-70s. Winds out of the southwest of 5 to 15 miles per hour. Tonight, chance for rain and storms late, alone near 57. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 57. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. All that's news with Matt Lane. Weekday afternoon. WGNS, your good neighbor station. Rutherford County's place to talk. Welcome back. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. We're looking at a program that will hopefully reduce the overcrowding in our jails, and we have a real problem with that. Visiting with us this morning, Judge Lisa Eyscheid, along with Judicial Commissioner Jake Flatt. 615-893-1450. We've got a few callers here. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're on WGNS. How are you today? I am good. How are you? Doing um, great. I have a question for Judge. What is the difference between a person failing to appear on the pretrial release program and a person who fails to appear when they're on bond? Is there a difference? Well, uh, when you fail to appear on pretrial release, obviously that that's your one strike with the judges. Uh, we will... I, uh, put a capius out on them and hold them with the bondsman they've got to go pick up their person they've got to bring them to us that's their job that it's like when you have a job your job is to to do it so that they bond somebody out they make sure they come into court and if they don't come into court they that person gets a capius what a bondsman does is they'll immediately ask the judges to be let off that bond and when they're so if a defendant paid them money to get out they didn't appear we do a capius as a judge. We do a come, you know, go pick this person up order. That allows the bondsman off that bond, and mm-hmm. so that person gets picked up. They've lost the monetary. They've lost the money that they paid to get out, and now they've got a probably a double or triple bond because they didn't come to court. And sometimes it's a hole without. Does that answer your question? Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks for calling. And good morning. You're on WGNS. How are you today? 
I'm doing well. Um, I hope everyone's having a blessed week. Mm -hmm. uh, Judge, I am um, honored to speak with you. Your Thank Honor. You. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I just got a quick question. So I, the funding that is put in towards keeping an inmate um, and also uh, following up to when they are incarcerated until they're convicted or sentenced or let go or whatever. Um, do you guys have some kind of program put in place to where they are funded after uh, or some kind of support system after they're let go or transitioning from, uh, I know I've heard of the term halfway house, but what finances are put behind uh, inmates? Because I've, I am a business owner, right? right. So I've, I've, I've found that um, when you uh, actually invest into a customer or when they work for you or an employer, you have a love for them. You find that you have a love for them after. Like if somebody spends money with you, um, the person who spent money with you, they have a love for you, a strange, strange term, uh, but it, it's, it's actually proven. Right. Um, that, you know, so when somebody puts in all this work and we call it rehabilitation when they are incarcerated, but I don't think it's so much of rehabilitation going on. I think, you know, they get into these groups and they form these cliques. It's almost like, uh, and I know I might be going a little away from this, but the Boys and Girls Club, um, when you get some of those guys, those group of young uh, adults in there, they, they get some bad form, influences. <laughs> yeah, and they even form their own little cliques. And right. They get together. I'll, t I'll tell you what it, we do to answer your first question is, uh, of course, when an inmate gets out, they've got a cost to, they're going to have to pay a portion of their stay if they ever pay it. But what we try to do is, and I know you've heard of our recovery courts here in Rutherford County. We have got some fantastic recovery courts. They can either go into a veteran recovery court, a driving under the influence recovery court, a drug rehab recovery court, and a mental health recovery court. All those get get the defendants out as quick as they get uh, uh, get in, in uh, into the recovery court, and they go into that program. And then it can be a year to 18 months where we try to rehabilitate these offenders and help them with the addictions or the mental health problems that they may have during that time period. And we also, uh, thanks to the state, they have given us grants. And I've signed uh, many uh, furloughs to allow uh, defendants to be released from the jail because you're not going to get the rehabilitation you need if you're addicted to drugs or alcohol. And we'll send them to um, a lot of inpatient care, 28, 30 days. And uh, we'll, we'll say, come back and see me. And I make them come back to my courtroom to see the progress. Um, and, and it's phenomenal. And it, it's just like my DUI. I do the DUI recovery court. I, that's my favorite court because I actually see a very sick individual uh, find themselves get rid of the addiction and and you wouldn't believe if you're if you're a, a owner of a business they all uh, are very hard workers and they they excel at work and there's so many that get promotions they're like judge you know they come see me weekly semi-weekly by you know uh, once a month depending on where they're at in the recovery court program 
and and they'll be like i said how's your week been what's been going on i haven't seen you a couple weeks i'm so excited i just got a raise at work and a promotion and i got the job i always wanted i said why do you think you got that job because i'm sober and it's it's phenomenal so um when i took the bench i i absolutely know that some of these people charged with crimes um have addictions and uh and that, my heart's for those people, and we've got some really great recovery court judges that all are trying to help our situation. Okay, does that help you out? It does. Thank you so much. Thank you, you for calling. Mm-hmm. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. You can talk or text. You're in control on that. 615-893-1450. Here's a text message. We hear a lot of rumors about uh, persons who have committed violent crimes being released through the program. Is there any truth in that? Absolutely not. Um, one of the first things that is uh, that we consider when trying to determine whether or not someone is eligible to be released on pretrial release is, number one, the uh, their residency. If they live in Middle Tennessee, and that is Rutherford County and the surrounding counties, and the charge that they have picked up is nonviolent in nature, then they would be eligible for what is called a risk assessment. Uh, that assessment delves deeply into uh, certain factors that try and determine whether or not this person is a flight risk or a, uh, a risk to the, pub- the safety of the public. And if they score low enough on that assessment, then they would be eligible. But that's just, that's not it. We take it a step further and we look at a, uh, do a background check. And law enforcement a lot of times will run those on the front end. And if they don't, then we run them out of our office to make sure there are no uh, disqualifying violent convictions on their record or other active warrants from other jurisdictions. That's, uh, and so one, so for example, an offender may be disqualified from pretrial release because they have a violent uh, conviction on their record, or maybe they've got pending charges out of another jurisdiction. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that they would not, under the COVID-19 order that we have to follow, qualify to be released. Um, that COVID-19 order is very detailed in which offenders would qualify to be released under it. But that's an example uh, another example is if the offender scores too high on the risk assessment, um, then th- that person may not qualify to be released through pretrial release. However, they may in fact qualify to be released through under the COVID-19 order that we have to follow. So there, there, you know, factors or, or safeguards put in place uh, that we have to look at to determine whether or not someone would be eligible for that. Now, you had mentioned earlier that the number of persons incarcerated here in Rutherford County had reached up to around 1,000 persons and that our jail has a capacity of around 800 or so. What is the number now after the COVID-19 came into effect? Honestly, I'm not sure. Um, I know for a while after the COVID-19 order came into effect, they were down I want to say around 750. Don't hold me to that, but um, could have been less than that. It could have been less right. than that. Uh, I, I believe it's starting to creep back up a little bit since everything's kind of opening back up. Uh, but uh, I don't know exactly the, the number that it's at right now. Is there any way to keep the numbers lower, or uh, other than just having less crimes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, 
that that's why we we actually go through this statute and determine if they're going to be at the safety of our public if we're going to be safe out there letting this person out so we definitely public safety is the number one consideration for any judge that that in any commissioner who releases a a, a a accused defendant and then the other thing is um of course now that we can uh, we've always kept the jail docket going so we never stop seeing inmates to, to keep them out of the jail domestic cases all domestic cases are not entitled to pretrial release this because it's a again it's a crime that was when the pretrial was looked at it was looked at by our district attorney by our public defender by the judges sitting at that time and they made a formula as to what charges and what crimes would be considered for pretrial domestic is off the board never was so a domestic anybody charged and with a domestic may, yeah and, and violent offenses are any violent offense is not eligible for pretrial release nor is any violent offense eligible to, to be released under the COVID-19 order. Okay, so just want to so, clarify. So, yeah, uh, that's just off the board. Those And th- those are held for 12 hours, so they if they don't, and, but they're given a bond. Every, everybody except anybody accused of murder, they're given a bond that, uh, that, that they can hire a, a bonding agent to, let, to, to bond them out. So they're not just sitting there held, but if they can't afford that bond, we will see them within 48 to 72 hours. And when I say we, that's your criminal judge, General Sessions judges. We have a video jail that we do every morning at 8 o'clock. And thanks to Judge McFarland for doing mine this morning so I could be here for you guys. Um, and we'll see that those. And if we determine by reading the facts of the case that this is a first-time offender, uh, it could be a, a son got in a fight with his mom. Uh, and if, if we inform them that you can't go home and and you got you, can you live with somebody? I can go to my aunt's house. Okay, I'm going to release you because you don't have the money to get out, but you can't have any contact. And so then they got to come before the judges to have contact. So domestics, I don't know if you've heard, but during COVID they increased dramatically, and, and so that that was one thing that we we tried to really keep track of. Good morning. You're on WGNS. How are you today? I'm doing good. Good. Hey, I got a question. I got uh, felony charges, and I was wanting to know how to get it expunged from my record. <laughs> well, it depends on how you pled those felonies out. So that was probably up in circuit court. You've got to see if that judgment allows you to have it off your record. So you got to go to the clerk's office, uh, the courthouse. It, uh, right now, they're still only letting people in that are on the docket. So you've got to call the clerk and ask them what your judgment says and if you are allowed to have it have it taken off all right thank you Mm -hmm. thanks for calling here's a text question do bondsmen bond out violent criminals and do they ensure their appearance in court yes bondsmen bond out violent criminals so i went and looked up some bondsmen and just to see that's their livelihood that's what they do and so they've bonded out people accused of rape people accused of uh, attempted murder and then their job is to make sure they appear in court. If we call the court case and they're not there, that's where they get a failure to appear. As soon as a failure to appear hits them, if they get the bondsman will ask us once they're incarcerated. So they either go find them, they bring them to the jail, um, and then once they're in jail, they ask to get off that bond. So they could have made a $100,000 bond. They got $10,000 to assure their appearance in court. And they don't come to court, 
they asked to get off bond. Uh, I had one the other day asked to get off a bond because the person went to California. Their job is to make sure they come to court. They're paid a, a fee to make sure they come to court. So, um, yeah, the, every day we've got – I mean, you see the crime going on in, the, in this county, and these people are entitled to a bond to assure their appearance in court. It's not to not – to, um, to to uh, punish them. It's just to assure, and those bonds are not entitled to pretrial, but we have bondsmen that bond them out. So the person who wanted to get off the bond whose client had run off to California, they had to bring them back from California before they could get off the bond. So that one yesterday was two simple possessions in, uh, I can't remember, of marijuana and something else. They knew where the person was, so what they do is they ask the district attorney to put a hold on them. These are misdemeanor cases, and if the district attorney determines they don't want to put a hold on them, then that's another reason the bondsman can get off. So the district attorney didn't think it was worth our county's money to send two warrants officers to California to drive that person back because they had two simple possessions of marijuana, which I'm okay with that. I have no problem with that. Um, and so, yes, when the, D, when the district attorney says they, uh, we're not going to go get them, the bondsman, California will not hold anybody without a hold. And so they, they wouldn't hold the person. And what happens to the bondsman? Is he still holding he, the money, the bond? He got off bond, and bondsmen have so much money that they can put on bond. If they have a half a million dollar CD, they can bond up to 50000 Is that right, Jake? Yeah, I believe so. Something like that. And so they count all the defendants, and, and if, if it's a $1,500, $1,500, $10,000, bond, that goes to their CD. When they're over the limit, they can't bond. So, because if they don't if they don't get the person and they don't bring them back to court and there is a hold on them, they lose that money. So say they bonded somebody out for $10,000, person didn't come to court, um, they can't bring them to court, they can't bring them to us, we finally do a final forfeiture. That means you are forfeiting your $10,000 guarantee that you will bring this defendant to court. They forfeit that money, it gets paid to the clerk's office. Here's another question from a listener, and they're asking... Does every bondsman have to make bonds for people who come to them, or do they have to qualify to to get the bond? That's probably a question on a bondsman, but I think they have bondsmen have their own uh, qualifications. So if they're out of county, I think they have to have somebody. They want people to co-sign for them and assure their appearance. So that's that's out of my realm again. (laughs) And and this one I think we've covered, but I'll, I'll run it by you again. Who makes sure that the people who are released on pretrial release show up for court? We have uh, three pretrial release coordinators. Uh, one, of their responsibility is to remain in contact with the individuals on uh, each coordinator's caseload. So they will communicate with them weekly, uh, sometimes biweekly, sometimes monthly, depending on what kind of supervision they're on. And uh, by doing that, and uh, putting down other conditions. Those are ways that they try to assure that they appear in court. We're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be back with the final segment. So if you have a question and it's been gnawing at you to get the answer, don't wait any longer because if you do, you'll be out in the rain. Stay with us, won't you? We're new 
News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. Adams Place is a premier senior living facility in Murfreesboro, offering independent living, assisted living, memory care, health care center, and on-site rehabilitation. Call us at Adams Place and arrange a tour today. Enjoy gentle joint exercise in the indoor pool, our soda shop, and many planned activities and trips for every taste. Adams Place is at 1927 Memorial Boulevard. Family Staffing Solutions is proud of our local veterans. I'm Becky Bookner, and as life challenges appear, talk with Family Staffing Solutions about how we can help you stay at home. Call Family Staffing Solutions. Family Staffing Solutions. WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country. The Academy was brand new. West Point, Annapolis, you got a primary or an alternate, where if you passed, you're in. If you failed, the alternate goes. In this salute, we talked to a veteran who served in the U.S. Air Force. They were looking at the rounded citizen. James Deck, better known as J.D., flew a C-130 in Vietnam. First, they break you down, take care of the mother's apron strings, and then they teach you. We were averaging 25 semester hours in class. I did stress anything to do with Russia while I was there. We were at war with Russia. First day of class, we walked in, and Lieutenant Suzdilev, who was raised Russian, he said, Sadich. He came over to me, and he held out a pen, and he said, Kospidin Kennedy Stoveta. Came back around. He expected me to remember. When we graduated, they sent us to pilot training. But at that time, most of us had to be pilots to be qualified. Finished pilot training, and I got the last C-130. James Deck, a veteran of Vietnam. They needed me overseas immediately because a lieutenant's wife was sick. Rushed me over to Vietnam. Get there, and the first night, I'm in bed. They're all having a party. I didn't know anybody. And they woke me up at 2 and said, we're going flying. And we went over and carried the first casualties out of Vietnam. Honoring and remembering those who served in our military, salute to veterans. Have you experienced the nightmare of water, mold, or fire damage? Call Restoration One for a free estimate. Locally and veteran-owned. Fast and available 24-7. Join the Home Health VIP program at Restoration One for disaster prevention. Restoration One, the water damage experts. You can make a meaningful difference in 2021. KidLink Community Services is currently seeking foster parents in your area. KidLink provides free training and certification. Contact KidLink today at 877-714-1313 or KidLinkServices.com. We change the five. It's all sports talk with Marty Hale Jr. and Tim Tackert here on WGNS. We're local. We know sports. We're back again, the final five minutes of our broadcast this morning, and we're talking about a way to sort of free up the the rooms that are over at the Rutherford County Adult Detention Center, 615-893-1450. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're on WGNS. How are you today? Yeah, I was wondering what y'all's thoughts were on legalizing marijuana. Okay. Most of the people in jail now are uh, in there for uh, drug offenses, minor offenses. Just wonder how much money to save and if it might cost more on the other end. And I'll hang up and listen. 
Alrighty, thank you for calling. What about that? Well, again, that's a question for your legislature, and uh, I know uh, one of our legislatures is extremely active in legalizing medical marijuana. And Dr. Uh, Terry, right? Uh, he uh, is is trying to get it done until it's done. It's a law that we have to follow, and we will follow because that's what the law tells us to do. But I'll tell you, anybody that gets a marijuana offense and they've never been in trouble for are not sitting in jail. And I'll tell you that, um, honestly, in our courts, we're really, uh, our district attorneys are, are taking care. If they can pass a drug screen once, they're not even putting on probation. So a lot of things have changed um, in the last four years for the better to, to help people uh, with low offenses uh, get out of jail, to keep them off a supervised, supervised probation. And we're really, we're real proud of that. I also want to put uh, tell that our county commissioners have been very supportive of this pretrial program. They have they've looked into it in depth before they even allowed these three pretrial counselors to be approved, and um, I, they're they're not. They of course are are always looking out for the safety of the public, as we are, and so we have assured them that pretrial is not doing that. Uh, the COVID order has put a little uh, muddy waters in it, and I do believe the COVID order will be lifted since we're getting everybody vaccinated and our life is coming back to normal. Very good. So uh, there's some good news for you. Uh, if if you had some desires from what you've seen so far with the results of this program, the pretrial release program, does it need to go farther? Does it need to do more? And if so, what are those areas? Yes, uh, I think there's definitely a need for it. I think uh, it needs to be expanded uh, more uh, to be able to provide more resources for the community. Um, one of the callers that called in talked about resources uh, to help offenders transition into a normal life. I think that's something that uh, pretrial could ultimately try and expand to to uh, just help provide resources for the community and uh, help people with uh, issues that Put them there in the first place. And is it the legislators who need to enact legislation that would allow this, or how does it work? It would be from the really from the county commission that yeah. would have to, uh, you know, get behind it and support it, and try and uh, improve it. So each county it. can shape and form its own program. Many counties yes. already. The bigger counties already have a pretrial release program, some kind of one. I know Wilson County uh, recently, I think, uh, started one. And some of your smaller counties are starting to uh, try and get them going as well. So Davidson County has had one for 25 years. So when they started looking at one for Rutherford County, we went to Davidson County a lot and just... We've modeled just, ours yeah. uh, a, very similar to, to how theirs are. Okay. So it is working, and uh, but with a little tweaking, it could be better, you're thinking. Right. Okay. We have about... Uh, 30 or 40 seconds left in our program. What do you want to share with people to be sure that they go away knowing the truth about the pretrial release program? Well, I just want our citizens of Rutherford County to know that sometimes when you see something on TV, all that's said is not the truth. Uh, There's reasons why we can't answer anything that's been said on TV, and that's why we came to talk to you, Bart, because I trust you and how you're going to get the word out. And the word about our pretrial release program is we do not let uh, uh, very serious criminals out. We We do not allow them out with that. 
And the only thing that's muddied the waters where they've talked about a couple individuals, that was a COVID order that superseded it and made our commissioners let them out. So I, I want you to know that the, the General Sessions judges of Rutherford County look for your public safety. We have bond hearings every day. I had a bond hearing on a uh, murder case where they wanted me to reduce bond. I was like, nope, I'm increasing it. Uh, we do, and, and, and we do consider that. And um, just know that we're looking out for your best interest. That's what our job is. And on that note, we want to say a special thank you to Judge Lisa Eyscheid and Judicial Commissioner Jake Flatt for joining us this morning. Thank you for joining us.